Amen. Aren't you glad God's on your side? Aren't you glad God's doing things in you, through you, for you, in spite of you? God's doing great stuff. Amen. Got, got a word this week, and uh, somebody, a recipient of a no-strings card, was very thankful for the tankful. <laughs> so, uh, and they let us know. Isn't that cool? Your life's making a difference. Uh, uh, the the one-day offering, we're approaching the $40,000 mark. Yeah, give God a hand for that. That, that means more, more young ladies be bought, bought out of sex slavery. People are being helped right now in the Philippines uh, through Convoy of Hope. All kinds of great things are going on, and it's all because of the generosity of you. So, uh, you know what? We, we appreciate the fact that we get a lock shields together. and uh, Man, we just love doing life together. But uh, we, we also want to say thank you for uh, being so generous. Amen. And, and, and if you get a chance, uh, some, of you, some of your leadership, you see them, thank them. Uh, about 28% of the giving was given by them. Think about, I think they deserve a hand. I think you ought to give your leadership a hand. Because, you know, so just so you know, we ain't asking you to do stuff that we ain't doing. Right? Because uh, we're living this stuff, and we just want you to know that we're living it with you. We do life together. Look at somebody say, we do life together. It's kind of like a partnership. Well, you don't have to repeat everything I say from here on out. Just, you know, you can if you want to. But it's going to be kind of awkward. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, we, we have a partnership. God's idea, really, was a partnership of, of, of his people. You know, you can call it a body, a fellowship. It's partnership. It's working together to accomplish things and, uh, and to do more than you could by yourself. The reality is, the reality is, is that whether you like it or not, together... We're better. I know, you're sitting next to that guy, you hate to admit it. But together, together, we're better. I, I want to jump in in Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42. And this is the mindset of the early church, which, by the way, was sort of successful. And it says, look, look at what it says. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer, they devoted themselves. They gave this, it was part of their practice uh, to uh, apply the teaching. Hello, somebody. It was their practice to have fellowship together, to, to make connections. The breaking of bread, that's, they actually had a spiritual component. That breaking of bread wasn't just eating meals. They, they actually took communion together, and, and they prayed together. Everybody say they prayed together. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions, and they gave to anybody who had need. And every day, they continued to meet together. Everybody say every day. Every day. You know, it's just part of the lifestyle. It's the everyday thing. You know, it, it's, it's uh, to, to meet together. And they were in the temple courts, not, not, not in the church building having services, but just in the courts and hooking up. And, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor for all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a, what a great... What a great picture of the church and people being devoted and they're, they're, they're applying the word of God. Can I just tell you that coming to church all by itself really isn't going to produce the life change that you really need. I, I don't, you know, I, I feel like you look. 
Like, I, I think that you should be able to sit through one, maybe two of my messages and be absolutely set free, restored, equipped, and ready to roll. Just saying. But it takes more than attending a church service. And people on Sunday morning are proof. Because, no, all of us, we got our stuff together, right? We're the Saturday night. Look at somebody tell them this is the good crowd. Okay. But, but it takes something. We need more than a weekend worship experience. We, we need the partnership that he intended for us to have. See, you and I, we have a tendency to wander off and do our own thing. Look at your neighbor and say, mm-hmm. You know, we just swing by the church instead of becoming the church, being the church. And that's why the Bible, I think there's a lot of places, you should do a study sometime of all the places where it talks about reminding the people, you know, and, and he's speaking to the leadership and telling them to remind the people. One of those places in Hebrews 10, 23, uh, and this is uh, one of the places, one of the things we're supposed to be reminding you of, it says, let us hold unswervingly. I like that word. Everybody say unswervingly. unswervingly. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who has promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on. <laughs> Ride them, cowboy. We go, somebody's getting ready to spur you on. You're going to like it. Toward love and good deeds, okay? Some of us could use a good spurring. Some of us are swerving all over the place. Come on. You know, I think a lot of times what we do is it's like we live in our life out of a chest of drawers. And, and you know, the, that top drawer, you know, that, that's our family drawer. That's our family life that's up in there. And then the next drawer, we got our work life. And we're a little bit different at work than we are at home. Swerving. You know, and, and, and then, then, you, then you got your bowling drawer or whatever your little hobby is. And you're, you're, different. you're different on the golf course than you are at the house, and you're different at the house than you are on the job. Down underneath there somewhere, you got your church drawer. Some of you are looking just as, just as stoic as you can right now. This is my church look. And what God wants to do, he wants, he, he wants you to live life the same all the places you go. So that you would, so that you would not be swerving all over the place. See, a lot of us are swerving all over the place. It depends on who we're with and what crowd we're in as to what we believe. You know, every action is a manifestation of a belief, right? So it's, it, we, we, we act different at work than we do at home because we're swerving all over the place. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to stop swerving. Now, I'm telling you, the people who are riding with you wish you'd just unswerve yourself. And, and, and he said, you, you know, what, what we want is one, one minute you're a victor, the next minute you're a victim. So let's figure out how to spur each other on so that you can get this thing right. Hello, somebody. And in verse 25, he says, here's how. Not giving up meeting together. Don't give up meeting together. As some of us are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. Be an encourager of each other. You know, it's hard to encourage people you ain't hanging with. It's hard to encourage people you're not partnered with. It's hard to, you know, you, you can come to church and get encouraged, but a lot of times it don't last out the parking lot. You need somebody in your life who can encourage you every day. Hello, somebody. So that we can break that habit of living life all by ourselves. 
Hmm? So you don't just show up and never build any relationships with the people that God's put in your life. God, God's connecting you with people and, you know, it, well, I wonder, I wonder where I'm going to find the God relationships. Look, you're supposed to be building some relationship, loving each other, agreeing with each other, being deep-spirited friends, getting to where you enjoy doing life together. Huh? You know, I love the weekend service, but the reality is, is that real life change comes when you take it outside of this building. You know, my goal this weekend is try to get you to consider moving away from the shallow end of the pool, taking the floaties off, and maybe, maybe entering into a depth of relationship that you've never been at before so that God can do what he's never been able to get done before. You know, I'm so, I'm so thankful for my life today. You know, you know what? I'm just thankful for where I'm at in life, but I haven't always possessed these wonderful qualities. Haven't always had the best attitude or the right habits or, or the strength of character. Haven't always had that. But God's done so much for me, so much in me, and I'm thankful. But I realize that the growth, the maturity that Shelby and I have, it hasn't come just from going to church services. What developed it was relationships with the people that God put us next to. Hello? You know, we've been in a lot of meetings, been in a lot of revival meetings, been in a lot of church services, had a lot of personal, private prayer time and devotion, but it's the individuals in our life that have made the difference for us. There's people who have spoken into us. There's people who have invested in our growth. There's people who have stood with us in hard times. I should get a witness up in here. You know, you all know of people who have listened to you when you are in the most difficult season of your life, people who have prayed with you when you needed it the most. And the reality is who you are today is really the result of the relationships that you have in your life. I said who you are today is the result of the relationships that you have. You know, they've done studies, and, and it's proven that people who end up in, in, in really crazy situations and, and going through hard, uh, you know, you know uh, circumstances in life, that they have something in common, that, that, that it happens to all of us. But some people are crushed while other people come through it, and the people that come through it are the people who have the right relationships. You know, the, the kids in, in middle school that are experimenting with drugs, they don't have a drug problem, they have a relationship problem. And if we can be the right relational connect for people, they're going to automatically get help. If people walk with you, here's what's cool in my mind, is that when people begin to just do life with you, if they'll just walk with you, they've got to get closer to God because you're walking with God. You know, if we would just find people who are far from God and walk with them, we're going to bring them right to Jesus. Hello, somebody. It's all about relationships. Relationship is where life change occurs. See, God used a system in my life, and he used people to mentor me, people to challenge me, people to disciple me, people to pray for me, people to love me. He had a system, a recipe, if you will, to create in me his desire. And it begins with a great relationship with him, of course. But it doesn't stop there. It grows into a place where you're having a relationship with the people that he's placed in your life. Somebody say amen. You know, uh, we, we've actually been involved 
uh, I got to thinking about it and, and uh, uh, just, you know, really looking at it. And, and we've actually been invo- involved in small groups for years. We just didn't call them that. You know, we, we just didn't see it as that. Uh, and, and I got to tell you something, the way I was raised, uh, where uh, some of the small groups we were in, they sucked. Hello? Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching my message now. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking back when I was a kid, some of the Sunday school classes I was in, they, they were horrible. And uh, uh, prayer groups that we had to be a part of and just different things. And, you know, I just want to be transparent with you. Some of them were just almost intolerable. And, you know, what I was hoping is that uh, uh, we, we would actually enjoy life. How many of you would like to enjoy life? I think that's what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Talking about a crazy good life. And, and you know, and there's some people, and, uh, and it's been, you know, 100 years since I was around them, so I can just say this pretty freely, but there's some people who just knew how to suck the life out of every fun situation. You know, and in order for something to be holy, it had to hurt. You know, I mean, we wipe that smile off your face. You're going to church. We want you to enjoy what God's doing in your life and in your friend's life and in the house. Huh? We, we want to have some fun. I kind of like what God's doing. But I got to thinking about this, you know, because as we get ready to, uh, you know, this, this spring in January, and we'll be having a launch date coming up, and we'll tell you about it, where you'll have opportunities to get involved in small groups. And it's not really probably the picture you have in your mind. I'll try to clear some of that up. But I got to thinking about why, when, when I hear the word small group, why I would kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. And, and, and one of the reasons was, well, I'm just being honest, but one of the reasons was I kind of wanted to be around people I liked. Come on, I love everybody. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, I love you. But some people are kind of hard to like. Come on, you're more like me than you want to admit. You know, a lot of the systems that we were kind of forced into, they, they had you doing stuff you didn't enjoy with people you couldn't hardly stand to be around. And so, you know, and so I'm, we're just thinking, you know, how do, we, how do we change that mindset? You know, I kind of want to study and do some stuff. I like doing stuff, but I like doing the stuff I like. You know, and, and I kind of resented, I think, being told you need to stop what you're doing so you can do stuff we want you to do, and we'd like you to do it with people that you don't like, and we'd like you to do it till Jesus comes back, and I just wanted to kill myself. <laughs> you know, we're going to be studying the seraphim and the paraphim and the third heaven, and I'm thinking that doesn't even pass the who gives a hoot test in my world. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just all, you know, some of you all might be super spiritual and, you know, in that realm, and I'm more carnal than you. I just don't like it. You know, let's study Revelations. Let's just be with Jesus. You know, I, I just didn't want to do stuff I didn't like with people I didn't enjoy. Another thing is I need, I need an exit. Huh? I need an easy way out. I'm kind of hard, you know, and, and rough on the edges. And after a little while, I just look at people and tell them, I don't even like you. You know. And, I, and, and if I could have an exit, if I knew that there was a moment I could get out of this with some grace, it'd be easier for me. And so, you know, that, and that's why when we launch ours, we're going to be, we're going to do them in semesters. And there's going to be a beginning date and an end date. Because, you know, like I said, there's just some things. I don't want a life sentence. And another problem I had is my life's kind of busy. I don't know about yours. But I don't want to be super busy. 
I want to be super effective. Matter of fact, I'd love to be insanely effective with a lot of free time on my hands. And, and I'm trying to figure that out. And, uh, you know, and if you've been around, it, you know, very long at all, you know that our, our goal in life is not to make you busy. Because I think the crazy, hectic, chaotic pace that we live at is nuts. We live in our life right out to the edges, and we don't have any margin left. And, and, and sometimes we don't have time. We talked about it a little bit last week. We don't have time to actually obey God because we've gotten so full. And, 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 and so, you know, I know I have a need for the things the Bible talks about, but I also have these things pushing back on the inside. And, 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 and I want people in my life. You know, I, I enjoy people in my life. Look at your neighbor and tell them good. I do too. Tell them that it'll, it'll fit right here. You know, uh, but, but we need the right recipe. And so we're going to get into the book and we're going to find out about the recipe, you know, so that we don't all freak out too far or too much. And, and the thing that I'm finding out is that most of us, you know, are already doing it. We just don't know it. See, all we want to do, all, all we, I mean, think about it. Uh, uh, you know, man, this week we had parties we were at. This week, you know, we had events that were in the schedule that were regular events. You know, you're already in groups. The world does groups. Okay? You're already meeting with people. You're already having a coffee with them. You're already sitting down with them. But what we want to do is teach you how to bring real purpose into the relationships that already exist. And how, how to figure out how to make your life a, just, just a blessing to the people that you get around. I mean, think about it. What, what if we didn't say, stop doing the stuff you like and let's do something else. But what if we said, let us teach you to take whatever it is that you're doing, ultimate frisbee, Bacon Club. God, I'm believing for bacon clubs. <laughs> Somebody said, do you, you, I can't understand. Do you say bacon or baking? Both. <laughs> I thought of a group for some of us. We're going to call it Gag. It's the Golfers Anonymous group. <laughs> what, if we could, what if we could add one ingredient and turn that into ministry? And really, the only ingredient that a lot of us are missing is intentionality. See, you got relationships, but it's got to be a little bit deeper than a relationship to be changed because we already have church, we already have relationship, but a lot of us don't have life change. So what's the missing ingredient? I really believe it's intentionality. That when you take relationships and add intentionality to it, relationship plus intentionality equals discipleship. And you have the ability to cause growth and experience growth because there's an intentional process that you're using. Not changing the meeting, but just going into the meeting prepared with your mind on. Hello, somebody. You know, curriculum has never really changed lives, but relationships always do. And, you know, uh, we love, I love the bait of Satan curriculum. How many of you guys have been through the bait of Satan? You know, it's amazing curriculum, and, uh, and it has been life-changing in many of our lives. And uh, I was talking with some of the guys that we went through it together with, and we've been through it multiple times, and, and we've talked about it, and we know the difference between Technon and Weos. And it, I mean, you know, and it's awesome. But then I also went around and just asked questions to people that just went through the curriculum that I wasn't sure if they had anybody in their life. And I said, hey, how about that Beta Satan stuff? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, that was, that was really good. Tell me, just share with me a couple of things that you really got out of that, and that it was amazing. 
cool. Tell me just a couple of things that it really did for you. So good. Um, and, and because for a lot of us, we've got this great curriculum, but we don't have any relational, no strategic relationships that help us take what we've been given and figure out how to apply it to our life. Hello? You know, I, I got to tell you something. The beta Satan's great, but you add relationship to it and you get life change. You get life change. And, and you know, so what if we got together and we played golf and somebody stepped up and asked you, what's your scripture? Okay, try this one on. And, and you actually shared one with them. And you took time at the tee box to say, you know, man, let me, let me tell you how this has really impacted my life. Can I, can I tell you what God has done for me? And just be a witness, you know, you know, not tell people that they're, you know, that what's wrong with them, but just having the, the intentionality to share with people how God has blessed your life, how he's really, you know, how he's really changed you. You know, you, you, you don't need, in your evangelism effort, you really don't need to throw open the door, you know, like we've talked about it before, but you really don't need to be asking people, do you know how hot hell is? As fun as that is, it freaks other people out. But if you can just tell, do you know how good God is? You know, when you're, when you're passing out your no-strings-attached card, you know, and just sometimes just taking, a, you know, a, a little extra moment and sharing how good God's been in your life. And if, you know, if you're thinking about that, you're going, man, I don't know what I'd share. You need to let God do a little bit more for you because God is good. Somebody say amen. You know, but just know that, you know, hey, when you launch into relationships and you bring intentionality to it, that you're stepping into something that is God's plan, his purpose, his purpose. God set us up this way. You know, if, if you think about it, Jesus lived 33 years, but during the last week of his life, that's where we get a lot of the Gospels. A lot of the Gospels written about the last weeks of his life. But John, he, in his Gospel, he wrote five chapters, not on the last years or, or the last weeks, but on the last night. He wrote five chapters about the last night. And, and it's all there, you know, and, you know, you got the Last Supper and, and we're, it's before the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and one night, five chapters, and a major focus of those five chapters, he dealt with relationships with each other. And tonight, I, I just want to take a couple of minutes and give you just one principle for relationship out of each of those chapters. But, but I want to set it up uh, and, and just kind of get that night set up for you and remind you how it all began. Jesus came in and met up with his guys, and he started doing the unthinkable. He took a towel, he took his stuff off, and he took a towel and wrapped it around his waist, and, and he got a basin of water, and, and he knelt down, and he started doing, you know, it, it, was, it was customary to wash one another's feet, but they usually had a servant do that. And here we got Jesus, the night before he's going to be crucified, and he's getting down, and he's getting ready to wash these people's feet. And most of the guys didn't say a word, but they were all freaked out. Peter, naturally, couldn't keep his mouth shut. And he blurts out, you'll never wash my feet. I want you to see it, John 13, 8. He said, uh, no, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. And look what Jesus said. Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. You should probably circle the word part in your Bible. It's where we get the word partnership. 
or partner. And what he said, what Jesus was really saying is that unless we get up close and personal with each other, you know, think about it. Unless I know what's going on between your toes. <laughs> I know some of you are like tightening up your shoelaces or something right now. Oh, no, we're going to do one in foot washes. No, what he's saying, look, look at what he's saying. He's saying unless we can have an intimacy, that, granted at first it might be uncomfortable, but unless I do this, we really don't have a partnership. Look at somebody say, howdy, partner. Unless you can get past that thing in you that, that, that is uncomfortable in relationship, until you break through that, you really don't have partnership. We, we've got the scripture that tells us to love each other, to agree to, with each other, to be deep-spirited friends, but that's going to take some intimacy. It's going to take uh, something in us that kind of lets some walls come down. You know, you got to have a couple people in your life who can get up close and personal with you. Come on, somebody. You know, without strategic relationships, you'll never know real success. I'm not talking about in church life. I'm talking about in life. It takes relationships. This whole thing called life is really built around partnerships. That's why hell's so attracted to you. Because he knows that when you get together, two are better than one. And Jesus is just pointing that out. And then he goes on and he starts teaching them and talking to them and gives them five very important truths that I want to share with you. And number one is that when you have the partnership working, number one, it means you'll serve one another. Do you know that every one of us have areas we need this. We need that partnership because every one of us have areas where we're in need. You got needs in your life. I said, you have needs in your life. You know, I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything through Christ who's infused what you have. But the strength you have is in other people. And without the relationship, I love Proverbs 18.1. It says, he who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and is void of sound judgment. My translation of that verse says, he who ever willingly separates himself from God or man is an idiot. You need people. 57 times in the New Testament, it uses the phrase one another. Love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. You can't do Bible without another. So obviously the enemy wants to uh, uh, separate you from everybody he can. But the fact of the matter is, is if you got two thumbs, you got needs. This guy, right? So when he got finished washing their feet, look at what he said, John 13, starting at verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Everybody say his place. He knew his place. He wasn't getting out of place. But he returned back there and he said, do you understand what I've done for you? And you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. He said, you know what? I, I stand up on the hillside and teach the lessons and you sit over there and you take notes. That's great. But know that I, verse 14, know that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. I've gotten up close and personal with you guys, and you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. You know, there's just way too many stories that we could all share of how people have, manu have maneuvered through the worst 
situations in life. I mean, you know, people walked up alongside of you and walked you right through hell. And you made it because of strategic relationships. Because of the strength. And we all know people who have, who have cracked and fallen and, and been, you know, chewed up and spit out alive. Why? Well, because they don't have strategic relationships. And what he's saying to them is what you need to do is understand this is God's system. You know, you don't have to physically wash each other's feet. What you have to do is serve one another. Man, I'm telling you, this is God's plan for your life, that you would serve one another. Don't look at the, you know, even when you're hooking up with the church and you're going to join the dream team, you're going to get on a team, you're not performing tasks. Uh, well, obviously you are, but the purpose isn't to park cars, it's to serve the people in the car. You know, when you're opening doors, you're serving the body. You know, why is it important to see that? Because if you don't serve the body, you just stand there with the door opener. And you go home the same way you came in, only with your shoulders a little bit sore. And you, you find out, you find yourself complaining about people. I did, and they still stood out there. No, serve people. I mean, get intentional. Not, well, why are we doing that here? So that it becomes a habit, so that when we leave here, that's how we think. This is how we roll. This is how we do life together. We're just looking for somebody to serve them. Just want to have this mindset that, that I, I'm going to be kind of like Jesus. Sometimes that means that I, I got to get up and get personal. But let me tell you something, that you're never going to have an intimate relationship with somebody that you think they should serve you, but you ain't going to be serving them. A lot of us have been that way with Jesus. We expect him to do all kinds of stuff. We're praying all day long for him to do all kinds of crazy stuff. But when it comes to us serving him, different side of the coin. He told them to serve one another. Look at somebody. Tell them it's time to serve one another. Look at this. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. It's better to have a partner than to go it alone. Share the work. Share the wealth. If one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help you, tough yogurt, baby. Two in a bed, warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded cord isn't easily snapped. We got to learn to serve one another. Come on, somebody. We got to learn to serve one another. Number two, second principle, he said what you need to do is encourage one another. Hope you're writing notes. Serve one another, one, two. Encourage one another. Th this literally means to lift the spirits of another or to cheer up somebody else. In, in John 14, it's the same night, different chapter, and everybody's sitting around and talking about dying, and Jesus changes the environment. Look at what he says in verse 1. Do not let your heart be troubled. He starts encouraging them. He said, you believe in God, believe in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm, that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. He starts encouraging. He said, guys, don't get discouraged. But everybody gets discouraged. Come on. Everybody. That includes me. 
everybody gets discouraged. And you need to understand something, that when you're discouraged, you're not smart. Let me put it this way. When you're discouraged, you're wrong. You're wrong about what's going on. Worse yet, you're wrong about what to do about it. And that's why Jesus said, you better have a partner who says, come on now. Don't go there. Don't, 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 don't talk that way. Don't think that way. You know what? God has been with you for all these years. Look back. You see all the times he's been through that and carried you through there. He's, he's not changing now. And you need an encourager. I really feel bad for people who don't have that. People who don't have strong strategic relationships that encourage them. That's tough. That's what Ecclesiastes said. That, that's kind of tough. And, you know, a lot, a lot of us, we're in relationships, but we haven't got to that intimacy place yet where somebody can actually stop us and say, wait, wait, what, 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 what? That ain't God life talk. Huh? Because you know what? We stress out about some of the most stupid stuff. And we say some of the most ridiculous things. And we got our God life t-shirt on. And we, you know, we've been around long enough that we ought to know that when, when things aren't working out, it doesn't matter. Because our end, our final outcome is always better than our current situation. We know, we, we, we know that in the middle, it might get crazy, but God declared the end at the beginning. So if I focus on the end and quit worrying about the middle, that if I let God direct the way, it's, everything's going to be good. But, but we're running with people, and we get discouraged, and we start saying stuff, and we're around people, and we're demonstrating God life to them, and they think that God life sounds and looks just about like life without God. You've got to have an intimacy where somebody can look at you and say, hey, uh, the pie hole's open, and it shouldn't be. Come on. You know, you, 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 need, you need to learn a new vocabulary because that one, King James, sucketh. Okay? You, you know, uh, well, we come to church for encouragement. It don't last out the parking lot. And by the way, I can't be your personal encourager. So you've got to have somebody in your life that can be. Look at Hebrews 3.13. Encourage one another daily, not just on weekends. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The result of a lack of encouragement, you start making bad choices. You're deceived into thinking that things are actually worse than they are. So you end up discouraged. And he's saying, guys, you got you, 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 you to you serve one another and you got to encourage one another. You got to be encouragers. Number three, here's the third one. He said, what, what you need to do is you need to produce with one another. And I think most of us understand this, right? That, that when we work together, we get more done. Look at what Jesus taught him in John 15, 4. He said, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Look at that. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It's got to remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Here's that partnership word again. It's the same word. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There it is again. You know, Jesus was never separating people. He's always connecting them. It's his system. We can always accomplish more together. One can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. 
Together, we're better. Look at somebody and tell them, together, we're better. Amen. Together, you become effective. Separated, you're not. You're just busy. Hello, somebody. Okay, the fourth principle, John 16. We're going to pick up the pace now. Time's, time's running out. The fourth principle, he said, I want you protecting one another. Look at John 16, 1. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. This is, this is pretty cool. Fall away is a Greek word, scandalizo. It's where we get our word scandal. Listen to what he said. He said, if you'll hear what I'm saying, Jesus said, if you hear what I'm saying, if you'll develop partnerships that I'm calling you to create, there won't be scandals in your life. You know, it literally means you won't get caught in traps that you can't see. The enemy is trying to set you up and, and lead you off, trying to discourage you and get you to make bad decisions and end up in a, in a trap that you couldn't see it. But if you have partnerships, you can protect one another from that. You know, guys, get up, and get close, and get personal. Get in a partnership. Serve one another. Encourage one another. You'll better one another, and you can protect one another. You might not be able to share everything with everybody, even in a small group, but you need to have somebody. You know, in that process where you start finding real relationships that are great in your life, because we need protection in our life. Come on, we need protection in our life. I want to say that together. We need protection in our life. One more time real loud. We need protection in our life. Why? Because you're only one step away from stupid. You know, you just think about it. Just on any given day, you could get up and have the, you know, you have a bad toothpaste experience and go out and do something crazy, and you need somebody in your life who's saying, wait a minute. Hello, somebody. I want to talk to the men for just a minute. You must have this in your life. Somebody who's watching out for your soul. Somebody who can tell you when you're about ready to step in it. Don't do that. You, you, you got to have somebody you can be pretty transparent with. Come on, I'll just be pastoral for a couple of minutes. Even if I go long tonight, I need to say this to you. No, I'm not going to go long, I don't think. Might decide to. just depends on how you respond. But, the, you know, the, the onslaught of evil that is out there, especially towards the mindset of men, you can't afford to go through life without other strong men in your life who know what you're dealing with. And I know some of you guys are really struggling because you haven't really found that guy that you can be a real guy with. And, you know, we got that mindset and that picture that, that if I, you know, you know, I don't need a warm, fuzzy friend. I got news for you. I totally get that. But I, I have to find people. I got to find people in my life that have a backbone. Because really strong people are afraid to say anything to me. And I need, I need people who will step up and say, what are you doing? Come here just a minute. You know, and I, I got some great guys. Man, I got to tell you something about Pastor Sharkey. That, he, you know, that guy has his big boy pants on. And he, he's just not too afraid to, you know, give me a check up from the neck up. But I got, I got people here on a daily basis that, have the, that, that know everything about my life. And, you know, that shouldn't be hard to believe because most of you know everything about my life. 
But, I mean, they know everything about my life. And, and the fact is, is that you've got to have some people. Guys, hear me. The devil ain't trying to hurt you. He's trying to kill you. And if you don't have that relationship, well, you're going to be a greasy spot on the highway of life. So get that thing built. You know, the grow group that we're talking about, is, it's not a little mini church service where you get together and, you know, sing a couple songs, hallelujah, hand me a Dorito, I'll see you next week. That's not what we're doing. I don't even need a bunch of those. I mean, the, the fact is, 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 you know, we can fake it all we want, but, but we've all got issues and we need a place where we can actually deal with our issues. And if you're a gentleman tonight and you're sitting here thinking, I ain't got no issues, that's your issue. Okay, so really, I've given you a whole, a whole Bible study outline. John 13, he said serve. John 14, he said encourage. John 15, he said be productive together. John 16, he said protect one another. And in John 17, there's a very clear message on relationships. And here's the fifth principle. This is amazing to me. He said, I want you to pray for one another. This is, this is a crazy statement. This week's study, and I'm praying this. I saw something that I've never really seen before. John 17, 1, and he said, after Jesus said this, after he said what? Chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16. After he said all that, he said this. He looked towards heaven and prayed. Look at verse 9. This is crazy. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. You know what he is saying? He's saying, in my humanity, I can't list six billion names. But I can list these guys you've given me. I, I can pray for the guys. I know how to pray for guys that I'm in partnership with. You know, there's a lot of people that, that need a partnership so people would know how to pray for you. And when you get that relationship and it starts deepening and you start becoming deep-spirited friends, then you'll know how to pray for one another. You're not just praying, you know, obligatory prayers. You're not just making up nice stuff. May the Lord be with you. No, you're, you're praying real issues. And God, you know that they're going through this today and that they've got this appointment. It's at this time. And God, I'm standing here right here right now. And I'm lifting them up to you knowing that you've got them in the palm of your hand. And you're not going to drop them. And I thank you for and i'm telling you that there's a power there that you ain't ever going to get until there's a relational partnership i can i just tell you how 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 much we need this so we can kick devil booty you know, some of you guys are in crazy situations right now, and it looks like the bottom's falling out. And, and, and the fact is, is that if you just had some God-life relationships, change everything. You know, the relationships that you have determine the direction you're going to go. And some of us have reached out to the wrong ones. We, we just, we, we just kind of play church. We go to church. And God's putting people around us in our life that really could walk through the hard times with us and we really could have victory. But we don't invest in that because we're caught up in other relationships from other places and it's just a lot easier for the enemy to get you off track by giving you relationships other places. And then the people that you're supposed to be showing God to are walking with you, pulling you away from God. Don't you know God's plan 
for your life is good. His plan is not to harm you, but to give you hope. His plan is to give you a future, right? And, and, and we're supposed to be a people that have, that have brought our life. We bring our life like a living sacrifice, Romans 12 says. And we present our life to him and prove that his will is good. His will is perfect. His will is the only thing we're willing to accept. His will is to connect you with people. So together, you can serve one another. You, you can protect one another. You've got encouragement when you need it. You, you've got somebody who on your worst day doesn't let you walk alone. But they walk with you. You know, there's a scripture that says, a friend loves at all times. You say, wow, that's awesome. A friend loves at all times. But it says, a brother, they're born for adversity. In other words, somebody was created by God to stand with you on your hard day. Oh my God, I hope you hear this. That when God had a dream about the future, Jeremiah 1.5, when he was dreaming about the future, he said, before I, before I formed you, I knew you. Uh, he, it says he, he had a dream about the future, and he saw where you'd be a perfect fit. And he used that to begin to shape and mold you and cause you to be who you are supposed to be. And then it says he sanctified you. He made you different from everybody else on the planet. And he ordained you. He, he qualified you to fulfill his dream. But when he was making you, he knew that you were going to be the partner for somebody else. You were born for somebody else's hard time. So that you could step in right at the right moment and say, wait a minute. You're discouraged. Let me encourage you. You want to find fulfillment? Be somebody's partner. Get into a partnership where you can love one another. Where you can get in the Word of God and agree together. Where you can build deep-spirited friendships. And watch the power of God's plan produce in your life. All the good stuff. All of the amazing stories that we have are tied to relationships. Let God strengthen it in your life. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a big hand tonight. Just thank him for what he's doing. Follow and magnify you. I, I, I want you to bow your head and close your book and close your eyes for just a minute. And, it, and if you're in this room tonight, before we, before we leave, we're going to pray a prayer together. And, and if you're in this room tonight, and, and uh, let me tell you the very first relationship 